Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Eric Casto. Listen, it's wonderful to be here. Um, and uh, it's going to be a wonderful morning. Uh, we just came out of two days of being on the streets of London. The London Crosswalk, we've been doing that since December of 2001. But it was probably in 1995, I was working for a church in the United States and I was sent to London to set up a meeting at Westminster Central Hall. And uh, I didn't know much about England and uh, hadn't met any of you guys. But uh, I came over. And while I was setting up the meeting and working, um, I heard about a church uh, called Kensington Temple. They had an evening meeting over in North Acton at the time. So I got on the tube or the train and went out to North Acton for an evening service. While I was in that service, the presence of God was so strong, I had a vision. And I had a vision of this island and I saw a move of God come and then like coals of fire coming up out of the heart of it. And I'll call the heart of it being London going to the ends of the earth. And then the the Holy Spirit spoke to me about coming and establishing yourself for this. And and God began to work in me. And um, but there's a whole story to that. But the London crosswalk, I really believe was really at the heart and the core of the vision that I had in 1995. And uh, yesterday, I mean, we had two days, Pastor Clive and good morning, and good morning, Mom Urquhart, Pastor Caroline, it's so wonderful to be with you. And, um, but on Friday, we went out there and the forecast was terrible this week. Did anybody ever look at the forecast? Before we got over here, I said, Beth, stop looking at the forecast. I said, I carry a weather change. And she said, okay, I'll stop looking at the forecast. And I'm like, oh. But, but we got over here, and, and it was wonderful on Friday. And we had one little shower of rain. But when it did, everybody went to the same spot to take cover. And there we were with them, taking cover with a cross, bunch of... Smile tracks. And, and it was just perfect. I thought, God, you really set that one up. And, um, you know, our God's a God of weather. And, uh, but then it cleared off and we just had beautiful weather. And, I mean, it was, it was fantastic. And, um, and so we plowed, I think about 5,000 tracks went out on Friday and had dynamic conversations. And the thing that really touched me is um, all the children that were walking by wanting the tract. Mom and dad say no, kids reaching up, taking it. We see it, but I've never seen it on this level. I mean, you could like depend on the kids and uh, take this home, get your family saved. And, uh, and so it, it, was, it was phenomenal. But yesterday, as we were driving up, I began to tell the team about a vision I had Wednesday night in prayer of a like a funnel of the glory of God coming down. But I didn't tell them where it happened. I just told them I saw this, you know, and I thought, okay, if it's God, it will play out, whatever. And so and and so as we're, we're driving, I said, Lord, and the other thing is make it about two or three degrees warmer than what anyone thought. It was amazing in London. I don't know what the rest of the island was like, but where I was, it was phenomenal weather. I mean, sunny, sunburn. I mean, some, some of our guys, they were like red. And uh, I'm used to sun because I live in Florida. But you guys aren't, I can tell. And, um, and so, so we get out there and we, we, we start over by Westminster Abbey. And the atmosphere, it was like, it was like stone atmosphere. Nobody wanted the tracks. One out of every 20 person would take the tracks. And and I said to Alistair, I said, this never happens. I said, it's going to break 
And I knew whatever that was I saw coming down is already confronting the atmosphere. And there's a struggle. I said, well, we're just going to go on. The cross is speaking. And then we crossed over to, to the parliament side. And I, all of a sudden I started feeling the presence of God. I said, it's time to preach. And we started to preach the gospel strong. John 3, 16, that's what we preach. It's all right here in this little track. And all of a sudden it began to break. And then people began to get stuck and we would talk to them. And they just wouldn't go until you talked to them. And then we began to go down and began to walk over Westminster Bridge. And I'm still thinking, I still haven't tasted yet what I saw. It's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. And so we're going, people walking by and then turning around, coming back, saying, may I have one of those? People saying, I saw you from the other side of the road and I crossed over just to get one of these. And uh, we had it in different languages. And uh, so we went over uh, to, to St. Thomas's Hospital. I had a little break there and then came back and went right back to Parliament. And when we did, that presence came. And all of a sudden, you weren't tired anymore. It was like energy and peace coming. And all of a sudden, we began to preach and then people would show up and you would talk to them and minister to them. One young guy, he goes, he said, he said, I really like standing here with you because I'm so full of peace right now. He said, I, I like you. You're a good guy. I said, I like you too. And, uh, and, and his friend goes, his friend was kind of really hard. And his friend before we left, because I prayed for him, I, he said, you know, maybe I'll be the first Christian in my family. So, so, but I'm, I'm telling you the depth of the conversations and the depth of people taking the tracks, it was, I've done this for, I don't know how, over 22 years, I guess, 23 years. It was very special. And so I'm there with the cross. I look over to the right and here's a guy over there taking pictures of Big Ben, but he's not leaving. He's all by himself and he's just kind of like stuck there. People were coming in and just getting kind of stuck until I could talk to him and pray with him or whatever. And I said, did anyone give you a, a, a smile track? He said, no. I said, I don't know how that could have happened, but <laughs> you, you, you got through. And, and, and I said, well, I want to give you one. I said, where are you from? He said, Brazil. I said, wait a minute. I said, we've got our new Portuguese smile track. And it was translated by Brazilian, so it'll be right for you. Maybe not for Portuguese, but it will be right for you. And uh, he goes, yeah, it's a little bit different. But, but we started talking. And then I looked at him. I said, you're Japanese Brazilian, aren't you? He goes, yeah. I said, I said, most people don't know about Japanese Brazilian, but I work with Japanese Brazilians in Japan. And he's looking at me. I said, yeah, just 10 days ago, I came back from Japan. I'm working in Nagoya with Japanese Brazilian people. They look Brazilian. They look Japanese. They speak both languages. It's amazing. And he, he's like, he's like, you got to be kidding me. I said, so, so he's totally stuck there. And I began to share the gospel with him. Very simple, very loving. I said, you ever hear, hear the gospel like this? He says, I've never heard it like that. I said, I said, you got to understand something. What are the odds that you, Brazil, living in Portugal, would come meet a guy from Orlando, Florida, right in front of Parliament, a guy who works with Brazilian Japanese? How do you work that out? You don't. Most of you in here never knew that there's a whole community of Brazilian Japanese. It's amazing. We prayed. He went on. And the whole day was, was like that. Children walking by, mom and dad saying no. One kid stamps his foot and says, but I want it. <laughs> and there had to be an angel putting his hand on it like scream. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. If you've never been on a London crosswalk, you, you don't know what you're missing because we have so much fun together as a team loving each other. The most important thing about a London crosswalk is 
us, the team, loving each other, having a great time and letting Jesus be Jesus. And uh, the, the people that we meet from all over the world and uh, they come and Christians, especially Christians, oh, thank you for what you're, you're doing. It's just so encouraging, you know. Right on the corner of Parliament, there was this lady, I think she was from Ghana or Nigeria, and she, a cross in the air, preaching the gospel. And um, we show up with our cross. And you know what? People are watching us. And we're just talking and loving on each other. We don't know who she is. She doesn't know. She goes, I saw you coming because all these yellow tracks were coming. <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah. I said, I'm so glad you're here. You know, people need, need what you're doing. And she probably went to a church where there wasn't people that did evangelism. So she, she would come. And I said, you're so encouraging to me. Thank you. She said, well, you're encouraging me. Well, well praise the Lord. And, and then, then we went our, our different ways. And, and it was just, it's just amazing what God does. But the thing about it is nobody wanted to leave that area because God's presence came down and you just felt this picking up of his spirit and our conversations and the tracks and, and uh, the French tracks going out. And, you know, our French track says there is hope because France needs hope right now. And, uh, you know, and I just simply say, bonjour. This is bonjour. I say, je vous t'aime. And, uh, and then that's all I can say. And then and, and, and I can say, vive la France. And they say, oh, vive la France. I say, and that's all I can say. So when they start talking to me, I say, I don't speak French. But I love you. <laughs> Amen. 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 Well, praise the Lord. It's going to be a very interesting service. I'm going to pray for people. I believe there's some people that are sick and need, need a touch of healing this morning. And um, I just came back from Japan and the power of God and the services were so strong. You just stand up in the worship and it just is like you're stepping into a river of God. Um, and people began to come and say, well, when you were here in November, um, uh, the Lord healed me of problems, that I had female problems. And then another lady, oh, I had female problems too. I was in the same meeting and the Lord totally healed me. And then they showed me a picture. This is another family. They're dedicating their baby. They said, the doctor said, you're not going to give birth to this baby. And if you do, it's going to be bad. Well, after that meeting, everything was fine. And then they dedicated the baby. And so there's just wonderful to see what God does when there's faith in the atmosphere, when there's, there's gifts of healings um, and, um, and there's an operation of the love of God. And um, so let me just open in a word of prayer. And, and uh, you're all excited? Yes. Did your football team lose or what? I mean, what's going on? I talked to one young lady, said, I'm part of the youth team for Tottenham Spurs. I said, are you really? What's your, give me your name. I said, I'm going to look for you in five years. I said, let me pray for you that you stay healthy. I say, you got to serve Jesus, though. <laughs> Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for my friends. Lord, I pray that right now they'll engage their faith, that they'll shake off whatever's holding them back right now. That, Father, you have something very special this morning. And, Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you that infirmity is broken. Yeah. Amen. That spirit of infirmity... In the name of Jesus, I bind you. I command you. Let go in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for a divine operation of healing in this place. We're just going to tap, dance, and joy right in front of the devil and just watch you be, be Jesus. And Lord, we love you so much. We love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Lord works regardless of what's going on in the atmosphere. I was in Napoli, Italy, and 5,000 homosexuals sur surrounded me, and I thought they were, they were going to kill me. They were, they were angry. They were saying a lot of bad words in Italian, in Latin, and, and in English. And, um, and I knew the words in, in English. And uh, it was such darkness. You couldn't think. And, um, and, and I never had said anything. They just saw the cross. And it just, they just went crazy. 
And, uh, but in the midst of it all, when they finally left, one of my workers came and she said, she's crying. She says, Eric, while they were surrounding you, I was with a teenage girl sharing with her about Jesus, about Jesus. And um, her brother came, tried to drag her away. And she said, no, I want to hear about Jesus. And she resisted. And then my worker said, would you like to pray and receive Jesus as your savior? And right then the brother came back, grabbed her arm and said, if you don't come, I'm telling mom, you know. And she pulled her arm back and said, I want the Jesus <laughs> in Italian. I want Jesus. And they prayed together to receive Jesus as everybody was surrounding me, ready to kill me. And, uh, and, and it was just amazing. It was just amazing. God doesn't get stopped by, by what's going on in the atmosphere. Darkness is light to him and he just moves right in. And he's looking for someone whose heart is hungry. Whose heart, you know, a lot of people were touching Jesus, but it was just one person. And they were like, I'm going to touch and I'm going to get it. And, and, and Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples are like, listen, everybody's touching you. And Peter's like, I've been bumped into you three times. I've been touching you too. And no, Jesus said, no, no, it's a different touch. It was a touch that pulled the power of God and changed something. Things can change. I said, things can change in your life. I said, things can change. The Bible declares that things that are seen are subject to change. When the glory of God comes, things that are in the realm of darkness, in the natural, God comes in and begins to dictate an order to it. You know, I love it when God created, and I'm, I'm just kind of getting you ready for me to preach here. And uh, when God created all things, it's the most beautiful love story. And, um, and, and so he's creating everything. And there's G Gabriel and um, Michael. They're watching the father work. And on the sixth day, the father totally says something that just stumps everybody. He says, let us make a man. A man? What's a man? Gabriel, do you know what a man is? No, never seen one. In our image and in our likeness. Oh, and there the father began to mold and to create. He was involved with it. And there this man laid down there. And Michael says to Gabriel, it looks like, it looks like the Father. But it's not moving. Maybe we could pick it up and put it over by the waterfall. And then the master got in close. And he breathed. And all of a sudden, Creation went into gear as Adam's eyes opened and breath began to move through his body. What was the first thing that Adam saw? Was it the mountains? So beautiful. No. Was it the elephant? Oh, so beautiful. The giraffe? No. The first thing that Adam saw was the face of God. And the first thing that Adam saw was the smile of God. I have three children, and I was there for the birth. And when my son came out, I didn't hold him by his legs, scratch his toes. No, no, no. I took him. And I put him up to my face. My face to his face. And like all children do, 
When you do that, they take their little hand and they begin to touch and pull and you love it. As his father was there looking at Adam, I believe that Adam reached up and began to touch the face of God. And then God reached down and began to touch the face of his son. Michael and Gabriel are looking. Michael? Yes, Gabriel. Have you ever touched the face of God? Are you kidding? <laughs> what is man that God is mindful of man? And the Bible declares that before creation, that in the depths of God, this love of a father, that he already decided, I will die for them. And so when those words came out, let us make a man, that decision and depth of love, I will give my life for you. How much does God love you? Everything. Everything. When Jesus was dying on that cross, man was pounding the nails into his arms, to his legs. No look of hate, just love, just love, just love. Now, he didn't want to do it. He told the father that, I don't want to do this. You see, when you, you get on the streets and you say Jesus loves you, all people, they take that and it goes right over their head. They have no idea what it cost Jesus Christ. He didn't want to die, nor do you. As he prayed, blood began to come out of his pores. He didn't want to take on all the sickness and the disease and the malady and the torment of mind as thorns were being pushed into his brain. He didn't want it. But the only way to heal you, the only way to set you free, Father, not my will, a body you've given to me to do your will. Ooh. So there's four healing truths I want to share with you today. Are you ready? You got to pull it. Because I believe as you begin to pull it, I believe your faith will begin to rise up. You'll hear something. One word from God can change it. The devil has a lot of words, but one word from God can bring light. And when light enters the heart of a man... It brings the glory. It changes everything. Smile number one. Are you ready? Smile. Why does he preach so well? Because I believe it. And it gets into my bones. And uh, pray for my wife. You know, she has to put up with me. You know. Smile number one. Isaiah declared it. In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5, I want you to look at that. When you look, you do a lot better. I'll tell you that much. That's why we have our Bibles, right? Amen? Amen. People were burned at the stake for translating that book. Remember, it's good to have one. Wave it at the devil. Smile number one, Isaiah 53, verse five. He was wounded for our transgressions, our sins. He was deeply bruised for our iniquities, the corruption, depravity, and debauchery. The chastisement, the punishment of our peace, it was upon him. 
and with his stripes we are healed. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. It was the love of God, Isaiah 53, for God so loved the world he gave. 700 years before Jesus came. That's a long time. Isaiah the prophet received words coming from heaven. He didn't understand them, but he knew this is from God. And he began to speak them into the atmosphere of this planet. By his stripes, we are healed. Whew. Those words were released, waiting for the exact moment where they kick into operation. Smile number two, are you ready? Kind of quiet. Listen, your team will win next week. Come on. Jesus confirmed Isaiah's prophecy. In Matthew 20, verse 19, Jesus said, and they shall condemn me to death and shall deliver me to the nations to mock and to whip me, to scourge me, to beat me, and to crucify. And on the third day, I will rise again. You know, Jesus was speaking to his disciples, and you know, these guys, they, 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 most of the time, they didn't understand what he was talking about until later. But it must have been amazing Jesus knew what Isaiah had said. Jesus knew it was about him. And yet, the peace of God that he walked in, there at the Last Supper, leaning against him was John. What was it like to lean against Jesus? Oh, he was so tormented and worrying. Oh, you know, I just felt oppressed sitting by Jesus because he, no, no, no. He was in full control. He said, I have authority to lay my life down. And then he said, I have authority to pick it back up. Whew. We're going to meet him. We're going to see him. Heaven's going to be wonderful. But I'm going to tell you what makes heaven wonderful is him. Because once you're with him and you see him who is life. See, the devil didn't understand it. Jesus doesn't have life. He is life. And even if he died, the Bible says in Acts 2 that death could never hold him. Um, on this planet, death and life kind of are opposites. But when you're dealing with Jesus, there's no opposite. There's John sitting, leaning, and Jesus, knowing the direction of the evening, full of peace, full of authority, full of love patient with those disciples. A lot of times when we're under stress, we're not patient, are we? We start saying things we wish we hadn't said. Jesus wasn't like that. You'll never meet someone more patient than Jesus, more gentle than Jesus, and yet so strong. And he was kind. We have to be kind to each other. What makes church powerful? I believe kindness to each other. We're all so different, aren't we? A lot of us are still going through healing, aren't we? But we're kind to each other. And the world doesn't understand that. So Jesus knew what Isaiah had prophesied. 
And he began to confirm it, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word must be established. He was establishing my stripes, your healing. Number three, Pilate activated your healing. You're like, oh boy, this is getting going somewhere. Let me tell you, if Isaiah declares something and Jesus confirms it, there has to be an activation point. You ever think about your doorbell and your home? That little thing you ignore, it's so small. On one side of your doorbell is a ding dong. <laughs> but on the other side is a nuclear power reactor somewhere. Amen, brother. That's great preaching. Yeah, thank you very much for showing up. All it takes is someone walking up to your house and going, ding dong. And the power that's generating through that nuclear facility sends the power over right through your finger and goes in to the ding dong. <laughs> Isaiah prophesied coming right out of heaven bigger and greater than any nuclear reactor you could ever find. Jesus confirmed it. In John 19, 1, the Bible declares that Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. When that whip came down upon his back, and the first line of blood began to form as chunks of flesh began to dangle. By his stripes, we are healed. You see, it was moments before Pilate looked at Jesus, disturbed. He'd never met a man like this. Pilate's wife said, Pilate, leave him alone. I've suffered in dreams about him. And Pilate, looking bold and brave on the outside, quaking on the inside, said, do you not know that I have authority? And Jesus looking up at him with such love said, you don't know what authority is, for you would have no authority unless my Father gave it to you. All of a sudden, Pilate's trying to get out of this thing, but he can't. The word had been spoken. The will of God was moving in the earth. That night, Jesus took the bread and he said, guys, this is my body, and he blessed it. They didn't know what he was doing. My body? He blessed it because his body was blessed for you. That blessing for you. He broke it. Jesus, if it's your body, why are you breaking it? And he gave it. And he said, take it, take it, eat it, put it into you, get it working into you. It's my body. By his stripes, we Smile number four, when I come back, I will give you smile number four. But I have to get to Carvery. <laughs> Just kidding. Isaiah prophesied and declared. Jesus confirmed it. Pilate activated it. 
And now, 1 Peter 2, 24, the apostle Peter's proclaiming it. The work's been done. That by his stripes, we were healed. Meaning past tense. If we are, we were. And if we were, we are. Where Isaiah and Peter came together in a merger of power by his stripes. Matthew 8, 17, this is my last scripture. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and carried our sickness and disease. I like it. I like the word full, fulfilled because fulfilled is so beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful words in English language, isn't it? Full and filled. Full and filled. It doesn't say, and that it might be half, half filled. No. Full, filled. Lay your hand on your stomach, go, I'm full and filled. I say that. I say, I am full and I am filled. Because the Bible says that it may be full and filled. Switch teams. <laughs> yeah, but I lost some money and I didn't tell my wife. I lost the house. You know, Jesus is a healer. When we were born, he put an immune system in you. He did that. He did that because he loves you whole. You know, you know, the other day I was listening to some people talk about Job and I just said, they really don't know the Bible. Yes, but sometimes God works with the devil just to see, just to test us. Well, you can't read the Old Testament without interpreting through the light of the New Testament. And when Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And when you look at Jesus in the New Testament, he wasn't going, hi, would you like to, I, it's my will for you to be sick today. And by the way, is that your camel? I'm going to take it from you. No, he didn't do that. In fact, when Jesus multiplied the loaves and fish, it never said that he had the first taste of it. I almost wonder if he just didn't eat any of it because his, his meat was the will of God and he was doing it for everybody else and not touching it. That's power. He's a giver. He's a giver. Oh, but the Lord gives and takes away. No, Job said that. God didn't say that. Job said that. Yeah, but it's in the Bible. Well, there's a lot in the Bible you don't want to quote. You don't want to name your child Jezebel either. Yeah, but it's in the Bible. Well, okay. Jesus heals us. He puts an immune system in us. But you know, sometimes our immune system isn't strong enough to handle what we're facing. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so then there is faith in the word of God. He sent his word and healed us. Most of my healings have come that way, just by faith in God's word. And, and I'll tell you, it wasn't instantaneous. Not all, most healings are not instantaneous. I got to be honest with you. And, and so much as an evangelist, we love it like it's, you know, we want it instantaneous to move the crowd. But I'm going to be honest with you. Some are, the majority are not. There's a movement of faith where you say, I receive, and you begin to move forward and Jesus restores you. 
He didn't say, I will do it immediately. Uh, only if you fall down. Every time I've been healed, I didn't fall down. I like falling down. It's wonderful to fall down as long as you don't have banjos and, and tambourines. And, you know, I'm going to pray for some people, but it's going to be risky. I don't know if that carpet flies, but we may have to move it. So there's faith in the word of God. I remember I had growth, a big golf ball growth on my arm and on, on my hand. And uh, I really wasn't trying to use my faith. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes we're like that. We're like just getting on with it. Finally, I looked at it and I said, mate, that could be cancer and I could die. So I went to the doctor. He looked at it. He said, no, you're not going to die. But for $2,000, I'll take it off. I said, I need to talk to another doctor. Dr. Jesus. And so I went home to Dr. Jesus and I repented to Dr. Jesus. I said, Lord, I really, really haven't been trying uh, to believe you. I'll be honest with you. And, you know, he knows that. He just was quiet. But Lord, I'm, I'm going to correct that right now. And so I, I ask you to forgive me because you are my healer and I serve you and I know what you did. And now I'm asking you to heal me in Jesus name. Now, I just put my prayer up to heaven, didn't I? But then after you pray, you got to have words on the planet side. We talk to God, we talk to mountains. So I said, I said, Mr. Growth, I said, in the name of Jesus, you're trespassing my body. And I curse you at the root. I command you to leave my body in Jesus' name. And Lord, I receive my healing. What happened, Brother Eric? I didn't care what happened. I was now in line with the Father and speaking words, and it was enough for me. The next day, I looked at it again. I'm reminding you that you are cursed at the root. And in the authority of Jesus' name, you leave my body. What happened? I didn't care. The next day, same thing. Four days, same thing. Then I forgot. About a month later, I'm putting on my shirt. And I, a short sleeve shirt, because I live in Florida. And, and. I, I look, and it was gone. My hand, it was gone. Totally healed. Now, I didn't fall down, right? It wasn't instantaneous, but my faith was engaged to receive. So I, I have to be honest with you. I love the quick, wonderful, immediate. But you know what? I think the ones that are a little slower, your faith gets stronger, and you keep it. I was in a service in Bhutan. I saw an esophagus come down on a lady, went into her. After the, the meeting, we went out and ate. She gobbled down a meal. She couldn't do that. But when the devil came, she released her miracle and fear came and she lost it. Was it because God did it? No, God healed her. But there is a battle on this planet. That's why when we pray, then we speak to establish that authority that Jesus said, I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up. That's the authority that we're involved in. And you know what? The thing about it is, I'm just like you, okay? A normal guy. Got a wonderful wife. She takes care of me. I need it. But, you know, we're all going and we're learning how to be the sons of God. Sometimes we do a great job. Sometimes we don't do a great job. And you know what? The Father, he loves us. He knows exactly what we're going through. Eric, you did a great job there, full of fire and love and treating everybody good. And then over here, eh, let's work on this. They cut you off on the motorway. You shouldn't have acted like that. Right? 
We're learning to be the sons of God. Where things change, weather changes, things happen. But then we're just us. We're not superstars. We're just normal people. Watches at Tesco's pushing a cart. Oh, two for one. If I get four. Faith in God's word. But then there are gifts of healings where the Holy Spirit comes and he begins to help and to touch and to lift you by his will. Your immune system, Jesus' will. He puts it in you. Healing by faith in God's word, that's your will. But then there are gifts of healings by the Holy Spirit's will. And he, lo- he loves it. He, he loves to bring healing. He is a minister of healing. But he's flowing with this whole thing. Amen? Amen. So in closing, why don't you stand up on your feet? I think I'm done with time. I don't know what time I'm supposed to be done. <laughs> I'm scared that kids are going to run in. Can I pray for some people? Do you have any anointing oil, Pastor? Now, let me say this. The Bible says in the book of James. Make sure there's nothing left. You don't want a tambourine stuck. In the book of James, the Bible says this. Is there any sick among you? This is coming from the heart of God. It's written by the Holy Spirit. He really loves you. Jesus is a giver. Like I said, I want you to really focus that he's a giver, not a taker. He doesn't take anything. You you know, there, there was a guy that had a problem in his family. His brother took the inheritance and, and, and he came to Jesus and said, command my brother to give me some of the inheritance, thinking that Jesus could take. Jesus said, it's not my business. Can't take that from him. He doesn't take from you. You're going to be shocked when you see Jesus. How loving and giving he is. You don't have really anything he wants other than your heart. And then your time. Where you get to serve him and love him. Yesterday, we gave a lot of time. We didn't go out to do evangelism. We went out to walk with Jesus. That's why things happen. He loves to walk with you. He loves it. That's why you're created, to walk with him. You, you, mean, you mean I get to walk with Jesus? Yeah, arm in arm. You get to talk to him. Eric, when I get to heaven, will Jesus take time for me? Because there'll be a lot of people. You know, that was my concern. I told Beth. I said, Beth, there's going to be so many people in heaven. You think Jesus will ever come down and just sit with me and talk? But I don't know if it would be productive because if he sat there, I'd just be like this. (laughs) And then he'd be uncomfortable saying, don't you want to talk? The Bible says, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. We're, we're here right now today, Pastor Clive and I. He's the head of this house. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. Listen, in the name of Jesus. That name is here today. Huh. Uh, does the oil heal? No. Does the hand heal? No, because if we shook hands, you'd be healed every time. No, but, but it's obedience to the word of God. Jesus did mighty works with his hands. And there's just something about touching that brings encouragement, that helps your faith kind of bump it over. You know, 
Don't you love a hug? Don't you love when you're playing sports and everybody gets together and they start touching, patting, encouraging? We were made for touch. But there's a holy touch where the Bible says that they would bring children to touch. Jesus, touch them, please. And he would take his hands and touch them. Well, this doctrine is in the church. Anointing with oil and touching. I was on a mission trip and then I'm going to call you down. And I got to end with this. We're going to Nigeria as a mission team. Work with a man named Benson Itahosa working for Oral Roberts University. And, and one of the sisters on the team, she was, had the flu or something. She was really sick. And she said, before I leave the meeting, can you just pray for it? And so when you're young, you don't care about germs, right? When you get older, you, like, you pray from far, right? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to pray for you. But when you're young, you go, yeah, let's pray. So we began to pray. I saw a hand come from behind me. No one was behind me. It was a hand that was so strong. When you see Jesus' hands, you fall in love with him. Jesus was a man's man. He didn't have little delicate hands. He had big, strong hands. And that hand laid down upon that young lady as we prayed. And a heat came down over her. And she was healed. I didn't tell anybody what happened. I just said, well, we're praying. But I saw it. We lay hands, but Jesus lays hands. When you lay your hand, he lays his hands. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.